holy. What a wonderful time to praise and worship our Lord and Saviour. How are you? We've got a few extra out today. Definitely great to have you if you're a guest, as we heard before, and with us for the first time maybe, or wherever. Uh, great to have you with us. As I just get ready, that should have been a bit, bit quicker. Turn to the person next to you and say, here we go. Wherever we go, we don't know, but we'll, we'll, we'll soon find, find out. Uh, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the next few moments together. May you speak to each one of us. We know you have a word for us, a word you want to speak deep into our hearts. Uh, because you love us, you love us so much. And you want us to be empowered by that love, empowered by the truth of your sacrifice, the truth of your birth, the truth of your resurrection. And so today, speak, Lord, we pray, in your precious and holy name. Amen. I'm going to speak a message that the last couple of weeks I just felt the Lord had laid on my heart, particularly in terms of the word hold on. I just felt this had just resounded in my spirit, hold on. Sometimes I'm not sure if it was just for me, in a sense for me to hold on, Sometimes there can be something that God speaks to me about, but I feel like he's certainly speaking to many of us about at the same time. And that's what we trust. And I do trust that there's a sense of discerning and a collective discerning as well from hearing from God. And I feel like this year is an interesting year. There's lots of things we could all get up and talk about what the year maybe has been so far. Maybe the highlights or the disappointments. Maybe the positives or the not so positives. But one thing we do know, we all can agree on, is that we have to hold on and we have to choose to hold on. And that's the promise of Scripture. It's the encouragement of Scripture. And so may we do that. See, for instance, I like theme parks and I love rides and I love roller coasters. Now, if you've ever been with me in the car, some actually think it's a bit like a roller coaster ride. Moving the other day, Gabe said, slow down. She's in the back. Jared's in the front because he gets the front seat because he's taller. Gabe sits in the back. The short ones are in the back. And Gabe's like, oh, gee, what are you doing? You're going too fast. I said, it's worse in the back, Gabe. I really don't know if it is or not. But anyway, that's what I said. I love theme parks and rides. Gabe particularly is probably a little bit more adventurous than myself. There's some rides that she will go on. I would not go on. There's a couple of them. But there was one I remember very clearly is Lethal Weapon. It doesn't exist anymore at Movie World. But the thing is, you had this little seat, and then after that, you just everything's dangling, your legs, and it's just this frame. There's one thing I've never had any attendant have to tell me what to do. Hold on. I'm white-knuckled. This thing's rigidy, and I'm just like, I'm pushing, my, I'm pushing as much pressure I can on the frame, and I'm pushing myself back so I will not move, my head won't move. I'm just holding on. I'm white-knuckled. If you see the photos, they can take photos as you're doing the, I'm like, you know, everyone's like, people like, you know, and I'm like, I'm holding on. Never have I been told to hold on, but I will hold on. It's instinct. In life and in circumstances, we sometimes forget to hold on. Or we're holding on to the wrong things, not the right things. The scripture is really clear. If we want to understand that in life, we have to learn how to hold on to the good things and the right things. We want to hold on to the pleasures of, of life, I get that, 
but many of them won't take you very far and where they take you is not fun in the end. Can I encourage you in this season of Christmas, in this season of over the holiday period and next year, think about ways that you can hold on. Think about ways that people don't have to tell you to hold on, but they may need to, just as we've been encouraged here. To have courage, you know, we need people around us to encourage us to hold on. There are a lot of challenges in life. We hear the stories each and every day, whether it be on the news we're just talking with people and friends of the tough hardships that people are walking through. We know life has, has changed somewhat this year, particularly at a cost level, and families and individuals are doing it really tough. And I'm aware of stories that it's not right to, to uh, repeat here, but there are people who maybe you know or don't know about even in your community that are doing it really hard. And people who uh, would never reach out for help are now reaching out for help. So friend, can I encourage you, as you hold on, can you be encouraged to help someone else hold on? Can you do that? Can we do that in this, this walk, in this time, in this season? I think of an example where Jacob wrestled with this angel. I believe it to be a uh, Christophany, which is an appearance of Christ before his incarnation. And I believe that this, uh, as, as Jacob was wrestling, it got to the point he just wouldn't let go. He said, I will not let go. He said, let go. No, I will not let go. And he wrestled all night. I will not let go until you bless me. Now he said, I am holding on. And out of that came a great promise and a great nation was born out of that conflict and that ability to hold on. What can be birthed when we hold on? What can be birthed in our spirit? What can be birthed in our church, in our generation, in our homes, if we just know how to hold on? So I hope today this message will help you, help you and I to hold on in the challenges because our hearts will fail. And we can lose hope. We can lose a sense of our future and our purpose. Sometimes it's very hard to keep going. I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm hearing too many sad stories that make me sad <laughs> um, about ministers and pastors pulling out or burnout or breakdown and all these things and I'm not having to go at them. My heart just cries and breaks, just cries out for this. What's wrong? What's happened? And amongst other things that we just know how to keep it simple and learn how to hold on and not give up how tough it is. I believe the scriptures are very clear. We're going to look at this today, how to hold on the way Jesus held on and not to give up, but to keep going no matter what. In Psalm 78, 35, it says, and they remembered that God was their rock. I think in, in the key here is that in the good or bad, how do we remember God? And what are we remembering? Do we remember he is our rock, that he is in charge, that he is all sovereign, he's almighty God? We do believe that he's, he's not so powerful, not so influential. And they remembered that God was their rock, their fortress, their strength, their song, their stronghold. And the most high God, their redeemer. Often we celebrate the idea that Jesus is our saviour and he is. But I like the idea of redeemer because redeemer speaks about deliverance. That God is our deliverer every day. He delivers us every day. 
And we see that in the Psalms again and again. We see that for the lamenting, that in all the stuff that happens, that God at the end, our hope is that God is our deliverer. He is our sustainer. I know some of you could say that there are some days that you've gone through and you've walked through and you don't know how you got through it. You really don't. You were down on your knees as the song sang. You were as low as you could be and you just wonder, how can I move forward? How can I get on with life? How can I hold on? See, some of you maybe today are holding on, really holding on, and we, we can't see that physically, but in your spirit, you're holding on. Because, because the pressure and the force against you is to want to let go and give up. To give up in your circumstances, to give up on loved ones, to give up on you, yourself. There's a lot of issues that come into that, but for time. And they remembered that God was their rock. I pray that you can remember that God is your rock. And that you can cry out to him as your redeemer, your deliverer. Believing for divine intervention. Why shouldn't we? Why, why can we not? Is that just too much to ask of God? To actually be God in my situation? Don't bother God. I think I preached a message once, don't, bother, don't be a God botherer. Like sometimes we just feel like I can't ask for this, it's too much. You know, there's so many more important things in the world. In the context, yes, but also God wants you to ask. He says, come and ask and seek of me. So friends, I want to share with you how to hold on, hold on well. Hold on in your pain. Hold on in your hurt. Hold on in your unknown and uncertainty. Hold on in your frustration and anger. But don't hold on to it. Hold on in it. So easy that we hold on to these things and they become our, our image, our identity. And they're things that we can learn, yeah, and we grow from them, of course, and we'll see that. But we've got to hold on in those moments, not on to. Paul encourages Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 12. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Who knows that if you're a believer here today, I want to know, friend, that you already know what this looks like. You are fighting the good fight right now whether you believe it or not. And there are a myriad of, of, of principalities and powers. The Bible mentions seven of them that are constantly opposing us as believers. And we're going to see more of that. And I think if there's ever a time for a church and people with faith to hold on, it is now. Don't wait for the hard time. Don't wait for the conflict. Don't wait for the whatever's going to happen next. I'm not here to predict that. But to say that learn how to hold on now is much better than trying to hold on in the middle. There's no way if I hadn't have, hadn't have been holding on to the ride, then some way I would have just thought of holding on a bit later on in the ride. No way, I'm holding on from the start. I'm holding on white knuckled. To hold on means this. It means to adhere to, carry out, embrace and live by. The Bible speaks of this, of holding fast. It speaks of guarding and protecting but simply put, holding fast, as you put all together, all the words, the Greek, Hebrew, stand fast, being steadfast, all these, it means this, holding your position, fixing your gaze, and not losing sight of the goal. That's what we do when we're holding on. Every time we hold on when a difficult situation, hold on when we get received bad news, hold on when, when something's not going the way we hoped it to go, you and I have to find something we have to hold on to. 
And the reason that we hold on to is we hold on to Jesus, obviously, but we hold on by holding our position, fixing our gaze and not losing sight of the goal. Colossians 1.17 says, And he, Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So if you're not knowing how to hold on, you're not really sure about it, I can just I want you to guarantee, I guarantee this right now. Jesus knows what it means to hold on. He knows what is needed of you and I in that moment. Ask him for the wisdom. How do I hold on in this right now? I'm not sure what to do, Lord. What does holding on in the situation actually look like? Hebrews 12. Let's have a look because I believe the best example for holding on is Jesus. I think there's a lot of messages I could have in this, and there may be some more in this. But let's just have a look at this. Hebrews chapter 12. Now, Hebrews chapter 12 is, is really, it's, a, it's, it's building a sense of hope uh, into the people who were listening to, to what was being written and shared in a time that wasn't easy. And so, therefore, it says, since we are surrounded by a great crowd, a cloud. <laughs> okay, two people listening. Obviously... We've got different translations here. There is a Louis translation, but anyway, it'll be finished in a few years and I encourage you to buy it. Anyway, uh, if you can understand it. <laughs> if I can understand it. It says this, be quite Louis. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin so, uh, that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or perfecter, author of our faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So there's a sense here where we, when we look into Christ, who we are anchored as we hold on. We don't become adrift, we don't lose our footing or our standing, we don't lose ground. In John 14, it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. This is Jesus speaking. It means be afraid or cowardly. We're talking about being courageous before. Believe confidently in God and trust in him. Have faith. Hold on to it. Rely on it. This faith in Christ. Keep going and also believe in me. So how we hold on here are four, 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 four. Gee, I'm getting them all mixed up today, aren't I? Have one week of not preaching and look what happens. Number, number one, how do we hold on? Well, we hold on best when we throw off everything else. And what this means, to throw off, it means actually to cast it with great force. It means to cast it away from you. What is it, the thing that would hold you back? What is the thing that would, would limit you? Let us throw off everything. That means, in the Greek, I looked it up, everything, all things. That hinder and the sin, so, or sins even, that so easily entangles. Sins that hinder us. What are the sins maybe right now in your life? The sin of self-condemnation. Maybe some other sin, some other issue that you're battling through right now that is only its intent is to hold you back. And the Bible says that we can throw them off. We can cast them away. It wouldn't say to do it if we couldn't do it. Let's throw it off. What is it? Is it resentment? Is it hurt? Is it bitterness? Throw it off. Lay it aside. I think the best understanding of this is cast it down. 
the sin, the hurt, the pain, the problems, the offences, disappointments. Who knows, at Christmas we all get disappointed. We all think someone's going to come and we're going to get together and it doesn't happen and family can't make it or this happens and... You know, there's disappointment. How do, we, how do we hold on? How do we keep moving forward? How do we recognise the situation and the season? Friends, we are good at holding on to things that we should let go of. And Christians are really good at that. We have a, we have a, really, we have a, a wording or a formula or a terminology that sort of sounds like it's Righteous. But the Bible says to cast off these things. Let them go. Don't hold on to them. Let go of the things that hurt your heart or your life, those things that hold you back. Can you think of anything today that could be holding you back? Cast it away. The model here is that we should just cast and throw these things away so that we can hold on. Number two, to hold on best is when you don't stop. In other words, you keep going. This is the same with Jacob, that sense of prevail. To prevail means to get power over a situation or another. So when we're prevailing, we're actually allowing authority to come into our space. Look at that. And let us run with perseverance or endurance, the race that is marked out. We heard before about the race and the run that we all have together. You keep going, you keep pushing through, you keep moving, you keep holding on. It's not time to give up ground. It's time to hold on to what God has called us to hide on. And it means to stay in the fight. Paul said, I press on, I press on, I lean forward. James 1, 2 and 2 to 4 says, uh, consider it all pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know that the testing of what? Your faith produces perseverance. So in the midst of you going, why am, I, why am I having this experience? Why am I having this situation? Because God wants you to know how to hold on. He wants you to become strong. He doesn't want you to be a marshmallow. <laughs> he wants you to be strong. He wants you to hold on when the heat comes, when the challenges comes. And we know that the Word of God is not only a great source of, of spiritual insight, but it also provides a tremendous amount of comfort in the times in which we live. We hold on when we don't stop and we keep going. We choose then to become a victim or a victor. Maybe you're facing something right now that is really challenging. Maybe you're unsure. Maybe you're really nervous. No one may know this. Maybe you don't know what to do with your life anymore. Maybe you don't know why you're even here. You maybe don't even know, what the heck is God doing with me? What is it all about anyway? Some of you may be just on so close to giving up. Maybe some of you have just lost your grip. You just, it's, it's the monkey grips. The monkey grip is just, it's, it, it, can someone help me? Hold on, I'm just, we don't know. I don't know what exactly is going on in your world, but God does. And his encouragement for you today, whoever you are, is to hold on. And the challenges that come are testing and producing faith and perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work in you, that you become what? Mature, that you grow and you become complete, not lacking nothing. Just imagine if you, as you hold on, 
just think nothing's happening. All I'm doing is holding on. But there's a lot happening when you're holding on. There's a lot of what you don't see. And people, we sometimes see people, and I've seen people walk through some tremendous battles. And sometimes from the outside, I don't know how they do it, but they hold on. And they don't see it, but when you talk with them through the journey, you see that they're changed, they're different. They're stronger. They're more resilient. They have a different perspective on, on things and life and God. So just, to, just be encouraged with that, friend. Our son, Jared, was just, uh, just recently in the Tassie Cycling Tour. He did well. He enjoyed it. All that he wanted to accomplish was well, part of that time he was here, plus catching up with his family, I hope. Um, but in the midst of it, the reality is that you get the straights and you get the flats, but you get the hills as well. And the hills won't go away. The hills are there. And there's going to be hills before all of us. There'll be straights and flats and there'll be corners. But it's the hills that can sometimes take you out if we're not ready. Challenges that we're not prepared for. And you can see those cyclists, and we were watching them at different points. And seriously, at one point they they hit 50, 55, 60 k's as a mob travelling around the streets here. It's phenomenal. If anyone saw it, just how fast this, they're just like bees, it's just like this. But then it starts to separate at the hills. The ones who are better prepared and trained and got different, some say genetics. Our son definitely says it is. I think he's having a go at us, actually, just by the way. But anyway, I just got a slight idea there. Um, but you see them as they come up the hill, they're just pushing on the pedal. That's all they've got. You see them, they're standing on the pedal because the hill is just so tiring. They're holding on. They have to. The feet are locked in anyway. Holding on. <laughs> Can't just take your foot off and jump off. And you, you go down with the bike. And they're just pressing and you see them and they're pulling. And they're pressing like this. That's what holding on is all about. Holding on on the hill. Taking another step. Holding on one more. Taking another grip. Taking a fresh grip. Cleaning your hand. Get the oil off. Get the sweat off. And <laughs> hold on. Number three. Hold on best when you're uh, with faith. Looking to Jesus. It says this, verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Why? Because we want to run the course. We're all in a race. We're all running the course. It's the race of life. It's the race to, to not just be a winner, but to finish well. We're called to finish. Why would we be encouraged to finish well? Because the possibility is we cannot finish, maybe, or not finish well. So we're encouraged to finish well. So it says we're looking to Jesus now. Here's the great example here of how to hold on, fixing our eyes on Jesus, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. We are called to be followers of God. That means that we follow him. We follow Jesus. We find the strength and inspiration to persevere. 1 Peter says in 1.7, it says, these things have come, these trials and challenges have come like we heard before in James, so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which, listen to this, of greater worth than gold. I don't know what gold's going for right now. Of greater worth than gold. People are getting, getting all their cash out and buying gold. It's just part of what people like to do. Nations are doing it because the cash is lines drop. Anyway, which perishes. So even gold perishes, even though it's refined by fire may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus is revealed. The genuineness of your faith. As we hold on, we're proving our faith. 
We're demonstrating to ourselves that I have faith. I'm holding on. That doesn't mean that everybody who lets go doesn't have faith. There's a lot of other things that can come into that. But can I encourage you? If you have faith, hold on and your faith will get stronger and you'll be more delighted in the things that God has for you. The foundation of our faith rests in fixing our gaze upon Jesus. Midlife's challenges, distractions and difficulties. Let us keep our focus on Jesus. Number four, you hold on best when you change your attitude and you start looking at the right things. In verse two, it says of Jesus, for the joy. So we're talking about Jesus thinking in terms of what did Jesus have in mind when he was going to the cross? What was Jesus thinking? Well, it tells us what he was thinking. For the joy, Kara, that set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus set before him the cross. He set before him. He knew this had to be the only way. This was the way. This was it. This is why he came. This is what we get to ready to celebrate in, in Christmas and Easter. The cross, which was an object of torture and pain and ridicule, embarrassment, shame, and even defeat in the eyes of those around him, Yet Jesus didn't care because his mission was to keep going and to hold on. To hold on for you and to hold on for me and to hold on for your marriage and to hold on for your relationships and to hold on for your children and your children's children. Jesus was holding on as he was going to the cross when everybody thought he'd lost or he was a loser. Jesus didn't care. He set before him, this joy says, to set a plan to be present and at hand, to set things because he could see things that would change. It speaks of also this sense of where he was appointed to be accomplished and to sit, stand, settle down and even hold. And it says he set before him, he set before him. He was unmoved, he was holding on. Hebrews in the message 12, 2 says this. I, lo- I like how this reads. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. That's cool. Whatever I'm facing, I just know Jesus knows what it's like. He knows the race I'm in. That's pretty cool. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed that exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. And if you look at the journey that Jesus went through, he was willing to go through whatever he had to go through, even walk through hell itself, so that you and I could be here today. Not just you and I could be here, that we can tell others to be here as well, encourage others to be part of the kingdom. So friend, have you lost your joy? Because Jesus had the joy set before him. The Bible says in Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is what? Thank you, your strength. So friends, as I conclude, to hold on means you need to throw off those things that hinder you. You need to know how to hold on and not let go. 
to keep pressing on. You need to hold on when you practice your faith out in action. And you need to hold on when so your attitudes can align with God's word. Allowing his word to influence your thinking no matter what is going on. And why do we hold on? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you. Verse 3. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. So you will not grow weary or lose heart. We hold on because we need to keep going. We hold on because there is a plan in play. We hold on because there is a purpose at hand. We hold on because this is God's will for us. Friend, the first thing we do is we let go when things go wrong. We let go of God when the challenges come because we say it's unfair. Why would God, why would a loving God allow me to experience this? The loving God experienced what we experienced, but much more. He experienced it to show us and to model how we can hold on well. Let me pray for you. Let's close our eyes. Father, I pray that there may be here some who have lost heart. Good God-fearing, Bible-believing folk. Somewhere the enemy, the ways of the world, the struggle of life has been trying to rob them. So today, Lord, I ask you for a restored understanding today of your promises of redemption during these trials. I pray for those who need a new grip in the midst of their pain and heartache or the uncertainty or whatever it is that's trying to stop them from keep going and holding on. I pray, Lord, that you give them a newfound ability and strength to hold on, to keep going and mostly to hold on to you. I don't know who you are today. I don't know what is going on in your life or the details or that you're feeling, the battles, the fears, the challenges that are there. Friend, if you can just remember anything today. Remember this, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was His love for you and me. And Jesus loves you so much. And you can fight Him all you want. and You can fight the situation or the circumstances. You can do that if you want. You can have a hissy fit. You can do whatever and get all upset and God's a God can handle that. But know this, God God will still be encouraging on the sidelines and we will be encouraging on the sidelines. Keep holding on. Don't let go. Keep holding on. Hold on to the right things, the good things, the things that will help and better you. Whoever you are, you may be, I know there's some people, I just feel the people here today You've been holding on for a while, but you don't want to hold on anymore. There's this almost this sense of you just go, why bother? I'm not seeing any change. I'm not seeing any different. Struggle. Nothing's changed. No, not, this is not changing. That's not changing. And for some of you, just like, you know, why should I bother? 
this is you, this is you today, do bother. Do think very clearly and very hard about this. Hold on, do not let go. Friend, I know as I was preparing this, that there were, I didn't see people, but I could see the sense where I know there were people here. Just, just. And it could be different things for different people. Friend, hear this. Hold on. Hold on, not to the pain, not to the problem, not to the challenge. Hold on in it. Hold on to Jesus. Bless you, my friend. And if you'd like prayer today, and anything this message has spoken to you, challenged you, distressed you, come and we'll pray with you after the service. We'll pray for you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you.